Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Dunga Liu, and you are listening to Sorry Partner. And welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by bridge partners and friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with Chinese champion Dunga Liu about keeping his promises and the fundamental importance of good communication, as well as hear his top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, partner. Hi, partner. How are you, Catherine? I'm great. Thanks, Jocelyn. How has your week been? Well, it's been interesting. (laughs) So, you know, we have that Swiss team game at the club every month. Right. And I got asked to fill in as a fourth on a very good team, sort of Mm. a little bit out of my league, shall we say. And I was quite excited. Yeah. But then before the Swiss team, I had an opportunity to play against some of the people on the team. Oh, do you mean just like at a regular club game? Regular club game. Regular pairs game it. at the club. And I really botched the defense of a hand. I didn't no. visualize properly the layout of the cards, the way it seems to be so easy for some people. <laughs> so not easy for me. No, no me. <laughs> and when they made their three-no Trump, which was an unmakeable contract... My opponent, future teammate, said to me, you better not do that when you're on my team, (laughs) which really freaked me out because now I, you know, I know I'm going to do it again um, because that's how I I don't defend perfectly. It's very hard for me. So I was very nervous. But luckily, when we played last night, the team's event, our team came in first, hey! notwithstanding my presence <laughs> on the team. <laughs> and did that person eat humble pie? Never, 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 never. Never. Did they acknowledge it? 
he he acknowledged he said you played well that's what he said okay well that's something that's i'm sure it was hard yeah. for him <laughs> i think so he's a very good player he's got an incredible ability to visualize the cards so he probably can't really understand how anybody doesn't see all the things that he sees and must be missing some critical brain facilities <laughs> faculties excuse me be that as it may you know if he's if he wants you to play as well as you can at the table i don't really see that that's an effective strategy for making you feel comfortable and performing well as a consequence so whatever he can foresee or not not so smart I say, not so smart. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Stepping away for a minute to say thank you to our friend, Larry Cohen, known for his keep it simple sweetheart philosophy. Check out his quizzes, practice hands, and bridge made simple webinars at www.larryco.com. Thanks, Larry. So, Jocelyn, we've had some some mail, which is which is lovely. Would you like me to read you a letter from our mailbag? Absolutely. Okay. Well, this is called The Time I Wanted to Punch My Opposition in the Face slash International Incident Narrowly Avoided. <laughs> and you'll be delighted to know this is from Stephen, our previous correspondent in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, Stephen, with the with the friend who is rather unfiltered and needed to stand at the table and and cursed. That's the one <laughs> provoking another international incident. Exactly, that's him. So, thank you for writing in, Stephen. We love the letters. Keep them coming. Anyway, here we go. My partner and I finally decided to test our bridge skills beyond the safety of our sheltered clubhouse in Garden Vale in Melbourne and registered to play in the Gold Coast International Bridge Tournament held annually in February. And Jocelyn, that's one that Barry Regal often attends. He, he writes the bulletin for that tournament. Our nerves were as raw as the sushi we had eaten for lunch as we sat down to play our first match against a pair of world-class players attending from overseas. They were so intimidating. Oh, God. They actually wore a team tracksuit, something I had never seen before nor since. Lucky. <laughs> it's giving me ideas. <laughs> you and I can start showing up in matching outfits. No, something to consider later. <laughs> Mention that we turned up <laughs> matching tracksuits. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... They wore a team tracksuit, something I'd never seen before. I was already imagining them doing laps around the convention centre before start of play as a warm-up exercise. (laughs) Needless to say, we were outbid on our first hand as my partner passed my one-club opening bid to leave them in a four-heart contract. I led my ace of clubs, and partner having no clubs threw away a small diamond. The declarer suddenly placed his hands face down on the table and looking at me with a stern face that sent shivers down my back, asked in his very best English, what is your partner signaling to you? Being such a rookie, I'd never heard of terms like attitude count or suit preference, so I assumed he was accusing me of cheating. Oh, no. (laughs) I was absolutely horrified. (laughs) I stood up immediately and yelled at the top of my voice for the director. In a room filled with about a thousand silent bridge players, my scream must have sounded like a bomb alert. (laughs) Of course, they probably didn't look up. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody looks up from their game. 
<laughs> At least three directors rushed over to our table to see what the excitement was about. <laughs> That's one way to get the director to come. <laughs> exactly. I was so emotional, choked up, and humiliated that all I could manage to say to the director was that he just accused me of cheating. I demand an apology. Oh, my God. So, so she thought that he was saying, like, pulling on your ear or signaling by pointing at your at your ringy saying what is they what is it what is partner signaling to you like oh my god right yeah so no surprise the opposition started <laughs> laughing and said no cheating asking for signals <laughs> i pleaded to the director look mate i don't know what the hell he's on about it's not like my partner rubbed his chest tapped his ring <laughs> finger or performed some other kind of charade indicating which suit to lead next <laughs> the director took me aside, offered me a glass of water to calm me down, and then explained how advanced players use discards to signal to their partners and that it was a totally legal play, thus offsetting a potentially awkward international incident. <laughs> that is so funny. It is funny. I'd be really intimidated if I was sitting there opposite a team decked out in matching track suits. Have you ever seen that? Never. I think I have. No. I've seen some some interesting things, interesting outfits, I would say, and <laughs> yeah. interesting hairstyles, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily team hairstyles. Not intentionally anywhere. No. No. But it's, an, it's food for thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I've got another short letter also on the theme of intimidation. And this one is from Anonymous. And it's the subject is fire escape. My future husband, an overly confident and highly enthusiastic bridge aficionado, convinced me that after only a few brief lessons given by him, I would be well-placed to go toe-to-toe with some of the Tony Upper West Side duplicate players in Manhattan. (laughs) Oh, I can just imagine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Our table mates were absolute sharks and not amused by my total lack of comprehension. I was out of my depth. After only one or two hands, I ended up on the fire escape of the building having a panic attack and wondering how to climb down. <laughs> so I was never having to see them again. So that, I must say, it really it reminded me of um, the first game I played at a club in New York. I just rocked up, of course, as I have done so many times. And a word to the wise, it's often good to call first. <laughs> just take it from me. Anyway, I rocked up to this club, which would become my regular club, and um, walked in. The place is full of people. Found my way to whoever was taking the table fees. And um, this man, he, he took my money, asked me a couple of questions, and then just said, wait there. So I was just standing there for what felt like an eternity, just waiting. Anyway, a woman finally arrived and said she needed a partner. And the, the director who I had liaised with pointed at me and said, I don't think she's too bad. It's going to really engender confidence. Anyway, so this woman agreed to play with me and her name is Sheila, the lovely Sheila. She and I ended up becoming regular partners. So that was very nice. But we went and sat down at a table and um, we were going over our system card because we just met and the opponents were doing the same thing. And, you know, it was clear the game was about to start. And, and just before it started, she, she looked at me and she said, don't be intimidated. And I had no idea what she was talking about. I hadn't been intimidated, clearly, rocked up there with all the hubris of whatever. I, I wasn't intimidated. But then, of course, I thought, well, uh-oh. And um, I started asking questions and realized the 
my first opponent at the table was Judy Rardin, who is a superstar who literally the following week was about to be inducted into the ACBL Hall of Fame. <laughs> she, was, she was my first opponent. Sitting there, I went from not being intimidated to completely intimidated, like, you know, one table after another, one champion after another. By the time I finished, I was I was scared to go back. I mean, I did go back. But then, you know, as I became more and more aware of who all these people were, I actually found myself, you know, feeling more and more intimidated. But people were so nice, I have to say. All these pros, they're such incredible players, such superstars, you know, very famous champions, all very, 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 very sweet. So that was also very nice to see that these people knew how to handle themselves. And they were just so generous as well. I learned so much, you know, you know, they had time, they'd always explain something. And that's a great experience to be able to play against people who are just so much better than you. But nevertheless, it was intimidating. It's better sometimes not to know. <laughs> yeah, I would have been much better off not knowing. So if you have any fun stories about being intimidated or accused of cheating, but not really please send them to us at sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com and maybe we'll read them out on the pod. Coming up next, our interview with Dunga Liu. Chinese champion Dunga Liu discovered bridge as a child, watching Mextroth and Rodwell represent the USA against Canada in the final of the 1995 Bermuda Bowl, which was broadcast live on Chinese television. 24 years later, he realized a childhood dream, watching his idols again, this time from across the same table as their rival in the 2019 Bermuda Bowl. He is a multiple national title holder, an enthusiastic booster of all things bridge. We began by asking him what he loves most about the game. Every tournament, every year, and every hand, they are different. I think this is the true thing that I love bridge. You are facing new situations board by board. So that's, that's the main reason. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is your earliest memory of Bridge? Well, Bermuda Bowl is the World, World Championships hold in my hometown, Beijing. 
So in that time, the bridge is pretty hot in China because, you know, we have a very famous bridge player, Deng Xiaoping, who is the chairman of the of China by then. He was a very good... Why you look astonished? I didn't know that. <laughs> he is a very big bridge fan. So by that time, every primary school, every middle school, everybody were playing bridge. And actually, there was a Chinese sports program, like live broadcasting Bermuda Bowl in Beijing. So I was watching like TV every day and I saw, what's that? That's a new card game, look, looks to me. And it was broadcasting on TV, which shocked me a lot. So I learned how to play bridge during the Bermuda Bowl very quickly. I found a book and read it very fast and read it like 12 hours a day. Then I, I learned how to play it. So final was USA against Canada. So I saw the very famous board that Max Ross opened the precision two diamonds. I think he was 3-4-1-5 or something. And Rodwell directly beat seven clubs. And after that, Iraq Kokish, who is the, 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 the coach of Max Ross Rodwell, he trusts the, his players. So he beat seven diamonds after it, sacrifice, and doubled down eight for 2,000. That was live on the TV 1995 in my, in like in Beijing. Nico team won the, the, the boom, the ball in 1995. So Max Ross Rodwell became my idol. So all my bridge experience is like some childhood dream come true because 24 years ago, I know him and uh, see him as an idol and uh, learned how to play bridge. And 12 years later, I interviewed Max Ross in 2007 in Shanghai Bermuda Bowl again. Then 12 years later, I become the rival on his table in, in Bermuda Bowl. So I think that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Very cool. So after the experience of watching the Bermuda Bowl on TV, how long was it before you actually started playing? So after that, I found uh, like a bridge club because my mother, she knew how to play bridge. She got a bridge club in her uh, company. So she took me there to play with them, them. So after you started playing, when did you start to feel that this was something that you were good at? How did you know that you were good at it? I think my bridge experience can divide it to two parts because now I'm a professional player. But I played pretty solid and pretty much time in my childhood from my middle school to university time. So between them, there is like a five-year gap, 2010 to like 2015. That's because when I played bridge, you need like a group of people play with you. I, I was very lucky because in the middle school, like 13 or 14, I surprisingly found some classmates they can play bridge so like every day when we finish our school we stay and we play like a few boards of bridge then we go home so i play bridge with three four of my classmates every day and till now i think that's my best time of life because you have nothing to worry about because you are still a kid so that's a very happy time to me but when I graduated from the uh, middle school, we switched schools from middle school to high school. So my classmates, we played bridge together. Six of us, we divided to different high schools. So we discussed a little bit. We say, well, six of us are going to five different high schools. 
So we can't play much bridge in high school time. So let's have a date. When we go to university, we come back, play bridge together. And we represent China to play a world juniors. You can like recognize that like the talk with the young people. They, they, they have no fear, right? They have dreams. So we had a date. We come back three years after high school. Then we try to like play as a national youth team. So I, I was practicing a little bit in high school. But going to the university, we have no time to see each other. Then something was happened because one of our bridge, bridge friends, he actually went to the uh, friendship university, which in Moscow. So in, in Russia. So he, he went there and there was a big fire accident in the dormitory and he, he died in no, 2004. Sorry. Because of this, the whole class reunion again in the freshman year of the university. So I asked them, are you still playing bridge? Can you remember our childhood dream and the, our date? And they say, I'm sorry, Donga, we, we are not playing bridge now. So our childhood dream is on your shoulder for all of us and for the, for the one who is in the sky. So I was very sad, but I think I have to finish, fulfill our goal to play bridge to represent China. So finally, when I graduate, I represent China playing in the world junior teams, both in 2008 and 2010. And I, uh, both of the tournament, I got bronze medal. 2010 uh, was in Philadelphia. But after 2010, I felt very exhausted because, you know, all, all the time I play bridge is like, not only because I love bridge, but also I think because of my childhood friends. So after 2010, I quit bridge for like five years. I, I went to a company and uh, go to work and uh, like work hard and try to absorb this thing. And what brought you back to bridge after you took that break? I worked for five, six years. I found that every year, although I got a little bit promotion, I got more salary, but every year we did pretty same work. So I feel a little bit tired of this life. And also, sometimes the, the time passes. When you come back to the game, you still find some fresh things because every board is different. So when I come back to the game, I see the thing that, oh, okay, maybe my true love is the, the game. So why not you choose like your career? So now I do a lot of great things, not only uh, playing bridge, but also teaching and uh, try to uh, develop the game. What is your greatest strength as a bridge player? Well, frankly speaking, I don't think I'm particularly good in, for example, play or defense or beat or, or any aspect of technique. But I'm particularly good in communication with my partner because partnership in the bridge game is the most important thing that can lead you to win. So if you can manage your partnership well, then you, you have much better energy that one at one is much bigger than two. And also after table, I'm pretty quiet. I can choose the right time to communicate with my partner, not like directly, for example, after the table or anything like this. And also I have the patience to listen to my partner. So I think the greatest bridge player, I mean, individual, not a pair, is the one who can make his partner better. Not because he's, he's very good at play, he's very good at defense, no. He can make his partner better. The better he make, 
the greater he can be. What would your regular partner say is your weakest area in the game? Well, I can't get up very early in the morning. So <laughs> every day when when we play the first set of the day, it normally is at nine a.m. or like nine thirty or so. I used to get up like ten minutes before the the playing started. So I like to play in nationals because nationals started to play in one p.m. <laughs> Well, okay, that's the fun part. I think my weakness is I can't manage my mindset very well after a bad board. So I'm a little bit sensitive. Let, let's say we had a very bad board. So after that board, I can't stop thinking of what did I do. I screwed it up. So maybe after that board, for the like one or two boards, I wasn't very focused. So I think that's my weakness, and also my partner agrees. Do you have a favorite convention? Yes, my favorite convention is support couple, and it's invented by Eric Rodwell, you know my idol. Because in major, if you find feet, you can beat four of major with very low points. For example, if you have nine card feet, you can go to the game like twenty two points. That's fine. So I think support double is is one brilliant convention to find feet five three feet. What about conventions that you don't like? I dislike a few conventions for sure, but I've read a convention called Texas Yellow Rose. The funny thing is, this convention has a very pretty name, Texas Yellow Rose, <laughs> but but it's like a useless convention. So the point of the convention is, let's say I have two, three, four, four. If you have also two, three, four, four, we can't make six no trap with even like thirty three points. We can't. Because the shape is is a mirror, so the Texas Yellow Rose Convention is the one try to help you to avoid you know the mirror shape. The concept is good, but you know you have so low possibility to use it. What is the best bridge advice or tip that you've ever been given? Yeah, my best tip I have been given is from Jeff Hampson. So once. I saw in the bridge winners, somebody asked him, Jeff, can you give、uh, advice to like a beginner player, advanced player, and the expert player? And he said, for beginner, I will give you one word, count. For the advanced player, I give you another word, everything. And for expert player, I give you one more word, always. So for expert player. I wish you to count everything always. That's the best tip I have been given because although I am playing in the you know world class level, but still I made a lot of mistakes, and most of them are I miscount or I forget to count something. I can do count everything, but always is very hard to me. So I think for the different level of the players, you can just count count everything and count everything always. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was terrific. Thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate very well that you invite me on this great show. So keep going for the game of bridge, for the game we love. Thank you very much. And that's the show. Many thanks to Dungaliu. This program is produced by Catherine Harris. Our theme music was composed by Jocelyn Starts and produced by Daniel Graboy. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail dot com. 
or at Sorry Partner Podcast on Instagram, or send us a voice message at www.speakpipe.com slash Sorry Partner Podcast. That link is in the show notes, along with some other good stuff. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as Dunga says, count, count everything, count everything always. (laughs) And good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.